Ain't this what they been waiting for? You ready? Uh, uh. I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this, so I had to grind like that, to shine like this. In a matter of time, I spent on some locked up shit in the back of the paddy wagon, cuffs locked on wrist. See my dreams unfold. Nightmares come true. It was time to marry the game, and I said, Yeah, I do. If you want it, you gotta see it with a clear eye view. Got shorty, she try and bless me like I said I chew. Like a nigga sneeze, nigga please for them trick squeeze. I'm getting cream. Never let them hoes get in between of what we started. Little nigga, but I'm lying hearted. They love me when I was stuck and they hated when I departed. I go and get it regardless. Draw like I'm an artist, no crawling. Went straight to walking with foreigns in my garages. All foreign bitches menaging, fucking sucking and swallowing anything for a dollar. They tell me get him, I got him. Got him. I did it without an album. I did shit with Mariah. Little nigga, I'm on fire. Icy as a hockey ring, Philly nigga, I'm flyer. When I bought the Rolls Royce, they thought it was lease. Then I bought that new Ferrari, hey, to rest in peace. Hey, to rest in peace, rest in peace to the parking lot. Phantom so big, can't even fit in the parking spot. You ain't talking about my niggas, then what you talking about? Gangsters move in silence, nigga, and I don't talk a lot. I don't say a word. I don't say a word was on my grind and now I got what I deserve, fuck nigga, hold on, wait a minute. What's going on, welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast, I am your host, the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see, All-American Chelsea, what's going on, it's your boy, Christian, coming back to you live again from beautiful Miami, Florida, in the good old U.S. of A. What's happening, everybody? What's going on? I know if you're listening to this, you're feeling like, damn, I haven't heard this dude in a minute. Where has he been? Uh, well, your boy, I had a bunch of work to do. Like, I, I, we're finishing up. If you guys, if you guys don't know, um. I work for my family's business, and we're we're in construction in the construction business. So, we're finishing up a project, um, a project that we started back in July, and I got done with the project. Let's say I got on to the job site beginning of July, and I got done with it in about three weeks after that. My part. Um, and then we had another, you know, another crew of guys stay on the job site. I just, you know, did my part, whatever, and then moved on and attacked the next thing. I get a phone call, uh, from my wife's uncle, who's one of the owners of the business. And he was like, yo, I need you to go back to the job site because the other crew of guys are having trouble. They're having problems with what your crew did. And... I get over there, and it's a hotel. There's uh, five stories to the hotel, and truth be told, what I was doing had nothing to do with the problems that were happening on the job site. So I got called to basically come in and clean up a whole bunch of people's other work, and I was fucking pissed. I was living 12 hours at a time. So it takes me about an hour and a half to get to the job site and then work and then an hour and a half to get back. So 
by the time I get home, it's my son gets home from school, got to go and pick him up, cook dinner, get ready for the next day, wake up at 5 a.m. my time, um, and do it all over again. Uh, and I did that, paired that up with, I went to Disney World um, last week, got back, and it's just been a lot of things going on. Uh, funny enough, I'm back on the job site, but we're, we're finishing up, um, this week we'll be done. So I'll never have to go back there again. So you're going to be hearing a lot more of me. It's going to be back to regularly, regularly scheduled programming here at the all American Chelsea podcast. So today, um, this episode of the podcast is I did a post match review with the homie Jared Andre, uh, from Twitter, you guys may, uh, he's somebody that I follow on Twitter, um, and I always enjoy his, his takes on the game, because the dude is a professional footballer, um, you know, it's, that's a little bit of a play on words, he plays professional American football in Europe, actually in France, so he views these, you know, our Chelsea games through the eyes of an athlete. So I wanted to get him on the podcast because I, I noticed on Twitter his takes uh, on our games. So super interesting. We had a phenomenal conversation. You guys are going to love him. Um, you're going to love the post-match review. Uh, we basically go from front to back, talk about everything, talk about what's, uh, what we expect from the team moving forward. Um, and that's pretty much it, guys. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of the podcast, and I'll check back in with you at the end of it. All right, later. What's going on, everybody? What's going on? I'm here with the homie Jared, officially, officially the first professional footballer to appear on the All-American Chelsea podcast. What's going on, homie? Yo, what's going on, my man? How are you today? I can't complain, man. Just enjoying this Labor Day weekend. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I, I, I guess I don't want to. All right. So I, I kind of it's a play on words that you're the first official professional footballer. That's 100 percent true. However, I left out a little detail. He's the first official professional American footballer on uh, the All American Chelsea podcast. Jared, I, the, the, the way I connected with you is because I saw that you had met, left a comment on Twitter um, under one of Nimi, Nimi's posts. And again, for I, I can't imagine anybody does not know who Nimi FC is. But if you don't, Nimi FC... Yeah, the goat, the goat, the goat. The, 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 the dude, the godfather... Well, no, 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 time out. I take that back. There's one godfather, <laughs> and that is Joe, the people's champion, Tweety. Nimi... That's right. Right, how, right. how could we, how could we, what would, Nini's like, like the mayor, like, like, you know, like the prime minister, that's it. The Nini's voice of the, the people. prime minister. Yeah, the voice of the people. The that's voice what of say. the people. Um, And then I saw you comment on there, and then one thing that stuck out was your profile picture. I saw what I knew immediately without even opening up was a picture of a running back. Right. Now, I'm like, hmm, is this guy a running back? Is this a high school? Is this a college? 
who is this person? And I click it and I see that you are a professional football player. You just so happen to play in Europe. So talk to me, my man. Just tell me about, I guess, give me, give me an insight or give me the life of a European professional American football player. Well, um, the way I got started was basically I had a friend of mine when I went to college who played over in Germany. And um, I was younger than him, so I was still in college for two more years. What college did you go to? I went to the University of Delaware. Oh, okay. Um, it's uh, it's maybe 45 minutes from, from the city of Philadelphia, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, because um, that's where I'm from, Philadelphia. So I went to the University of Delaware. My friend, he played over in Germany for like two or three years. Uh, he came back to see the to see the college guys and stuff like that, and then we got to talking, and he was saying, hey, man, you need to try this website out, which is uh, Euro Players. And it's pretty much, you know, you can research teams and message them, you know, negotiate your, your own contract and stuff like that. So, you know, I got on it. So I started just reaching out to teams, reaching out to teams because I blew my Achilles out uh, oh. going into my senior year. Oh. So I just, you know, I just got my degree, graduated, trained, you know, worked myself out, trained myself. And so, you know, I woke up one morning and I got an offer from a team in the south of France. They said what they were going to offer. And then about, you know, four or five weeks later, I was over in France for the first time over in Europe. So that's how I kind of got started. And then from there, it's just been, you know, five years straight, just finding different teams over in France. And, you know, I've been living, I would say, 10 months out of the year over in France, maybe two months when I'm home for the summer just to see the family, you know, make sure everything's going okay, and then I'm back over there. Back on the grind, back on the grind. It's funny that you mentioned your Achilles. Uh, truth be told, all right, so um, I grew up, what I tell, it's my story, the American kid story, and I'm sure your, kid, your story is the same as mine. I grew up playing American football. I've, I'm from Miami, Florida, where all we know is football. Right. Jared, you know you. I'm gonna mention the high school, and you're gonna know exactly what what where I live. I'm about five minutes away from Carroll City High School. Okay, okay, I okay. got you. Carroll City High School, home of Santana Moss. Right, that's it. Um, shit. Now I'm I'm now I'm blank. <laughs> there's there's like 15 NFL players that have come out of Carroll City High School. Um. My in high school when I was on the football team, we played against uh, St. Thomas University. St. Thomas University have produced the uh, Hall of Famer Michael Irving and mm -hmm. hundreds of other NFL players. Um, I went to I played against. Do you remember for Pittsburgh? Obviously, you're a Philly fan, so you really don't get down with Pittsburgh Steelers. But nah. dude, <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name. I cannot remember his name. He played DB for the Steelers. Palomalu? Huh? Palomalu? No, 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 no. no. Troy Woodson? No, he played. I graduated in 02, so he would have played. Uh, he was on the Steelers, let's say, 05, 06. He would have got drafted because I graduated in 02. So, no, he would have been on the Steelers 04, 05, somewhere around there because I'm sure he came out as a sophomore or a junior. He didn't go a senior. Um, 
Darren McFadden. No, no, Darren McFadden is the running back. But his right. high, the high school he went to was McFadden. Um, but so anyway, so like, I played American football up until about ten years ago, eight years ago. Right when I started mm. playing, right when I really started getting into soccer. Right. And then I switched everything. Well, there was a small stint there. So I played American football. Um, I didn't go to college because I didn't go to college because I realized in high school that I I wasn't gonna make it into a D one school. I'm okay. five foot eleven. I'm a tweener. I'm too slow to play DB. I'm too small to play linebacker. But I'm somewhere between there. I can't play strong safety. I can't right. play a DN. Like so, like for me, like I can't play running back. I'm not fast enough. I I can't really play the skill positions at my size. So I was kind of like stuck. So I played flag football. Um, after the I after flag football, I got tired of that. And I there was a small time for about like five or six years. There was it was a good like six months where I thought I was going to the UFC. Um, and I was training four five four times a week. Then I switched over to jujitsu, and then I was doing that for like four years, five years, uh, just for fun. Competed a bunch, uh, and then I got into soccer. I got into I got into football, and it, it, I've been playing two times a week ever since then. Two times a week, three times a week. But uh, getting back to Achilles, uh, early in August, I felt a tingle. In my Achilles tendon, and it scared the fuck out of me. That's the yeah. one injury that I'm terrified of. Terrified. Yeah, because it, I mean, it doesn't even to explain. Because I did both of my Achilles, but the first time, I, you know, we were in training camp or off-season training camp, getting ready to go to the season, and we were just doing agility drills, and I pushed off, and it felt like somebody just, you know, plucked the back of my foot, and I, you know, as I was falling, I turned turn around and nobody was in sight and my because of my major um when i was in college i studied health behavior science and we just got done finishing up a lab practical about um you know different injuries so we did the achilles we did the knee and we did the shoulder like the, the basic ones so like i knew kind of what happened oh and what God. to do like for the test as i was going back and you know it was a devastation because you're going into your senior year you know, your last year at college, everything like that, you know, you want to go out with a bang. So it was just devastating. And then the second time I did it was it was actually last summer. We were in a, a semifinal game, and, you know, I, I was having a good game. Had, like, 200 yards, three Ooh. touchdowns on Ooh. the way. To, we just had to finish the game off. There was maybe It was, like, going into the fourth quarter. I think we were up by, like, 14 points. And they were giving me the ball. And I literally like just pushed off and just fell mid mid play. And I knew exactly what it was. I knew exactly what happened. I mean, thank God that um, the team was able to get me a surgery uh, pretty much the next day, um, you know, and then four months later, like I was back over there, you know, in um, uh, off season workouts, getting ready for the next, getting ready for this past season, which we won the champ. you know, we redeemed ourselves. And won the championship, so that was you know it all worked out. But the Achilles is not an injury you want to mess with, man. I mean, it doesn't hurt, but you know if you feel a tingle, you know you got to lay off of that. I would say stretch, ice, yep. you know, 
comfortable shoes, do whatever you can to get that thing fixed because that's a long road of not being able to walk. And then, you know, it's frustrating, man. Yeah, no, I, I um, my, my boy, he tore his Achilles and I asked him, I go, dude, I, I felt, I felt just a, like a tingle, like a warmth, like in a spot that I've never felt it before. And right. I, and I'm like, I asked him, I go, Hey, did you feel anything when you tore? He's like, no, it was just like magic. Like one second I'm playing basketball and the next second I'm on the floor. Like, right. Right. Like, That's it. That's it. Yeah. Like I tore, I've torn my left knee up. Uh, I've tore my meniscus twice in the same knee one getting ready for a competition uh a jiu-jitsu competition and right. i got folded back on a takedown and then um the next time i i i tore it like three years later uh what they call it a a, a bucket handle tear um right. i tore that playing soccer it was literally november 11th 2014 and i remember it exactly because my birthday is 2000 uh november 10th and it was okay the next I'm day. What, what was that i said all right i'm november 30th oh shit november november right so so um i bought i had bought a brand new pair of cleats the day before some mercurials and i I was playing, 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 and I went, I was chasing after the ball and went shoulder to shoulder with another dude, and I just fell sideways, and when I fell sideways, I just, I just, it, I I don't want to say I felt a tear or I heard anything, it just felt hot and painful, Mm -hmm. and um, I was driving, I, I remember just like laying on the ground, like screaming, um, after the game, like after I got up off the floor, I um, I went back to my car. I was driving a six stick shift at the time, and it was my left knee. And I remember just driving home, like seriously considering running red lights because I could not put the clutch in, right, for the amount of pain. Um, so though, like I've been lucky. My knee has been the only serious injury I've had. I've separated my shoulder in the middle of a competition, but that was nothing. Like, like I finished the competition. It was bad, but it wasn't, like, that bad. My knee and my back has been the worst pain in my life. The worst pain I've ever felt. So, whew. All right. So, now, I I see your icon. I see that you're running back, and then I follow you. We start chopping it up. And then I find out, well, not find out, obviously, you're commenting on Nini's post, but you're also a Chelsea supporter, an American Chelsea supporter like me, a football-playing American Chelsea supporter just like me. So you and I connected instantly, especially since you're a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles who just destroyed and beat the arch nemesis, the hated, the fucking cheaters, New England Patriots. There's somebody in particular that might be listening to this podcast, and that is Alex <laughs> Goldberg. He's a Patriots That's fan. Yeah. I can't stand New England. Tom Brady, Thomas Brady is a cheat. He's not the GOAT. Bill Belichick is a fucking cheat, and it's always Bob Kraft. I don't even allow Kraft products in my house. That's how <laughs> hardcore I am. 
I can't stand the New England Patriots. I hate each and every single one of them with the exception of Rob Gronkowski. I cannot say a single bad word about that That man. That dude's crazy. I can't say a single bad word about that man. But, Jared, this is the All-American Chelsea podcast, not the All-American American football podcast. So talk to me, my man. How did you get involved with Chelsea FC? Well, I mean, before I played American football, I played soccer when I was younger. I played, I started maybe when I was like six or seven because I had a lot of energy when I was a kid. So my mom didn't really know what to do. So in my, in the town I grew up in, they always had like big uh, youth soccer leagues and stuff like that. So she signed me up and I just kept playing and playing and playing and playing. I mean, I actually played up until I went to college, even in high school. I was playing on a, a, a local team, but the guy, he was from Argentina, so he brought over uh, River Plate. You know, we had their jerseys and everything like that. So that was my first introduction, introduction to soccer. And then, um, you know, I was playing FIFA at the time. But like most people from what I'm hearing, and this might sound like stereotypical, but I was watching a game uh, on TV at the time, and I saw this guy, Didier Drugba. And... He just stood out to me. I don't know what it was, but he something about him just stood out. And then to find out that he spoke English, he spoke French, like he was just an iconic figure. And I was like, I don't know, you know, anything about Chelsea, but, you know, this guy stands out for me. So I started following the team. And then, you know, I started seeing him doing well. I was like, all right, I can get behind this team. And then, you know, the more I was playing FIFA, the more I was like, oh, yeah, this is my team right here. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And then a few years ago, when the, I guess, NBC signed a deal to where you can watch yep. uh, the Premier League on, on TV here, you know, every Chelsea game I was watching. And so it just kind of grew on me from, you know, from then. It just started to be a thing where, you know, that was my team. And now, you know, I got I got all the jerseys. I got the scarves. I got the the flags. I got, you know, I'm following everybody on Chelsea and you know, that's just consumed my life. Yeah, I'm, 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 my story is very similar, man. Very similar. It was Drogba, the same, the same. I saw him on the cover of a magazine next to Cristiano Ronaldo. I knew who Ronaldo was. I had no idea who this other guy was. But I'm like, right. I guess he's good because he's next to Ronaldo. And I know Ronaldo's good. And that was leading up to the World Cup. I see, you know, I see him on the Ivory Coast team, and I remember uh, I started playing FIFA at the time, and I was looking for a team, any team, because I was god-awful at that time, not now. So if anybody wants to get it when the new <laughs> FIFA comes out, I'll right. be happily, I'll happily, happily, happily introduce you to a word that we throw around here all the time, and that is mollywop. So... If you guys may have an idea what waxing is, waxing is you get beat, but a mollywop makes you reconsider. Oh, that's worse. That's, that's worse. worse. It makes you reconsider everything. So <laughs> in short time, I need to get adjusted to the game. But in short time, I figure September. It's only like two or three weeks away. So yeah, I think it's like September. Uh, yeah, the end of September. We're what shit? We're on the second. So right. we're about twenty something days away. Something around there. I figure. Right. About the end of October. That's a good time, a month with the game, where I figured a lot of things out, played enough matches. 
right around the end of October, beginning of November, I'll be molly whopping. So Oh yeah, because it has like um seems like it has some new features and stuff like that. And every game seems every to have day. like a little a little wrinkle in the gameplay and stuff like that that you gotta get used to. Yeah, they say that shit every year, but it's always somewhere similar. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, so like so yeah, your story and my story is the same. Um damn. Similar, so similar. And then you played running back. I dabbled and flirted with running back. Barry Sanders was my favorite player growing up. Oh, yeah. That's a bad boy. My favorite player. All right, Jared. So, Saturday, Chelsea Football Club played against Bournemouth at home at Sanford Bridge. We won 2-0. Thoughts on the game? Talk to me. Uh, I mean, I think the game was an improvement, you know, for, for sorry to come in late. You know, as many guys we had at the World Cup, I think, I think we're playing good football right now. We show flashes of how how we can be. Um, the one thing that stood out for me is that Alvo Morata. I I think he's class. I, I like him as a player. I think his 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 um he wants to wants to be great. He wants to lead the line. He wants to get the goals. But I just think. He's he's better served as a sub for now because for the price that we pay for him, I, I don't I don't turn on the screen and and see him flash, you know, like yeah. you know, Hazard will flash in a game. You know, Pedro will, you know, even he'll flash in a game. You know, Alonzo's been flashing in games and stuff like that. It's just I think for somebody with his price tag, with without having any competition, I mean the club, you know, loaned out uh Mitchie, you know, we got rid of Tammy. You know, I just think for him, I need to see him flash a couple times. So if it's, you know, bumping a defender or, you know, at least a shot on goal. I mean, you look at Giroud, he came on within the first, you know, couple seconds. I think he set up Hazard for a shot, you know, and he was just in the mix. And for me, that's one thing that kind of jumped out. And I was kind of like, you know, it's not like I'm hating on the guy because I think I think he's he's doing the best that he can. I just think. For a club like Chelsea that wants to win titles, you know, that's competitive, that's the best team in London, I think you need to offer more. You know, I'm not saying he has to get goals, you know, every match, but I need to see him flash, you know, every, you know, five, ten minutes to show me something, even if it's a bit of skill or a nice, you know, uh, through ball or switching the field or setting somebody up. Like, you know, I need to see something. Um, other than that, though, I think everybody played solid. You know, it's, it's, it's the first, you know, few games. So I'm not expecting, you know, everybody to put in these superhero performances, but I know in time we got the international break coming up. So hopefully guys can get better with, you know, the system and everything like that. I still think we need to address, you know, some, some key areas, uh, in the transfer windows to, to make everything fully complete. But you know, it's going to take time, just like with Man City, when they got Pep, you know, it took them a little bit to kind of get a clicking. Year. And then, it took you know, the next year they year. started taking stuff over. So I think we'll be fine, um, you know, but I just, I, if anything, if we're going to not, you know, get a top striker to lead us to bag the goals, you know, I, I would just need more from Morata if that's going to be his position. Because right now, I mean, you know, he's pretty much the, the starter with anybody challenging for the last, you know, year, year and, uh, you know, a few months. And I don't think that's good enough if you're, 
you know, at Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, like, I would have liked to have seen him. I would have liked to have seen Mishi on this team. I, I really would have. Um, right. I, I, I haven't checked on Mishi. I, I don't know actually how he's doing at Valencia. Um, That's the thing. Mitchie's at Valencia. He's he's the same position he was if he would have stayed with us. I mean, he's he's been on the bench. From what I can see, Valencia start with two strikers up top, and Mitchie's been like third choice. I think he's made a couple substitute appearances and stuff like that. I don't know what the conversation was had for him to to, to make that there. transfer, but it seems like he made a, a lateral move. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't done. It's not a. Yeah, I mean, you said it best, a lateral move. So yesterday we started off our lineup. Um, we had the back four. There seems to be cemented on our back four. And did, by any chance, did you get to hear what Sari said after the match where he called Marcus Alonso um, has the potential? What well, he didn't call, but he said Marcus Alonso had the potential to being the best left back in the world. And I found that interesting for two reasons. One... I was, I am, and I don't know why, like, I don't know why I'm a part of this group, but I seem to believe that Emerson would be the better play at left back. I, and, and, and honestly, it's based off of the limited, um, the limited uh, game time he's had, but Marcus Alonso just stays showing up and balling out, and it was so interesting that Sari was like, yeah, I think he could be the best left back in the world. Um, he just got to, he has to tighten up his defense. Right. I was like, God damn, like, if I was Emerson and I heard that, I'd be like, oh, shit, like, there goes, there goes really any chance for me starting. I mean, if the manager is coming out and claiming that the guy ahead of you has the best chance, has a chance to be the best left back in the world, not amongst, but Sari's words, uh, if I'm not, you know, taking it out of context, he said he, he thinks Alonzo could be the best left back in the world. So you have Alonzo, David Luiz, Rudiger, Aspie as our back four. Um, Kepa, obviously, our keeper, Arisa Balaga, uh, midfield of Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, Hazard, Morata, and the only difference from our last game was William. William got right. the start, got the nod over Pedro at right wing. Um, what did you think of the lineup once you saw it go out? Uh, I mean, I, I was surprised that Pedro um, was on the bench and William got the start just because Pedro, and like, you know, he came in and got the goal. Um, I just think he's been playing really well, and it's kind of hard to take a player who's been playing well and then put him on the bench. And then when he comes on for the guy you had over him, he scores. I mean, it's going to be hard to keep um, Pedro on the bench just because, he, you know, he's showing up kind of like Alonzo. He's showing up to getting key goals. I mean, you know, having Pedro score, that kind of got us rolling. You know, him, yeah. when him and Drew came on, that got us going. So that, that's a that's a thing that, you know, I'm interested to see how, how Sari handles that moving forward. I also, what stood out for me, and not saying he should start right away because it's a small sample size, but Loftus Cheek came in and you know he, he played he he made a he made a big argument for getting some some big minutes you know especially starting in the Premier League. I mean, came in you know strong runs forward, 
you know, getting play started. I think he had like a little, uh, a little dummy um, yep. near the touchline to, to you know, break play open a little bit. So I think you know, the thing is that what's what's noticeable, at least to me, is that you have guys competing and, and feeling like they're having fun. I mean, you know, obviously. In any sport, nobody likes to play defense for an extended period of time. And I think, you know, you look at Hazard, you look at Willian, you look at Pedro, you look at guys like Loftus-Cheek coming back on a short period of time. You look at uh, Louise. You know, guys are just feeling like they can play free and express themselves. And I feel like when you're a top player playing on a top team, playing in the top league, you know, you want to have that that joy where you can, you know, where you were little. You know, I think Sari said this in the be- you know, when he first came he wants players to, you know, find that 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 child inside them that, you know, that they want to play football. You know, everybody loves, you know, when you're a kid playing with your friends, this feeling being expressive. And I think we have a lot of players that are attack minded and can just, you know, have fun. I mean, you look at Rudiger, the guy, you know, slowly but surely is going unnoticed. And I, you know, to me, kind of unappreciated since he's you know, came to us. I, I remember when he He's came. He hasn't been going unnoticed to me. Right. And that, and that's the thing. To I mean, me, he hasn't. Go ahead. No, no, no. To me, I don't know. Going along with you. To me, he hasn't. I, I don't know. I, I've had this conversation. I know exactly what you're saying. He's going unnoticed right. to everybody else. But to us that follow the game, that watch this team week in and week out, we see the performances he's having. I, I, during the World Cup, I've said it uh, a couple of times on this podcast. Um, I was, it was after playing a six on a six versus six uh, game of football, and I was talking to a couple of guys, and it was just after the Germany game, and they're Italians, so they're very familiar with Serie A. They're fans of Serie A, and Rudiger's game came name came up, and they're like, "No, he's not that good." I was like, what are you talking about? This guy, first of all, nobody's faster than Rudiger. I don't right. I, I don't nobody's faster than Rudiger. So I'm never worried once he's when he's back there that we're gonna get beat for pace. I don't care who's on the other side. And the dude, I feel like can spray the ball and put it anywhere on the pitch for his passes. I I, I also feel like I love I, I feel like at times in the game, and especially yesterday, we're gonna have this problem going forward, and and um, and that's against playing with teams that go into the low block, that play compact, and they try to pack the box. We need we need guys to step up and just take long shots. Um, and Rudiger is one of those guys. I, I like to think, you know, like in football where there's some plays that you just draw up. And you're like, yo, we need to take the top off the defense. And it's just like right. run streaks and run go routes. They're not right. anything other just to do. let the defense know that this is a possibility. I really wish that, yes, that I know it's a waste of waste of possession. But I wish that some players, just a couple of times a game, hey, take a goal from the outside the box. I don't care. Put it into the stands. Threaten. Let them know that that's a possibility. Um to kind of like bring them out to open them up to let you know like so they not they're not so compact right yeah i mean i think and and he's done that the last yep. few games i know louise has that in his repertoire i know his time at chelsea he's had some some bangers i remember i think it was when we won the league he had that shot at liverpool on a free kick yep. um 
And then a few years ago, on his first stint with us, he had a you know a banger yep. outside the box. So I mean, I I think it was against have, Fulham, we, if I'm not mistaken. I think I'm yeah. almost positive it's against Fulham. Right, and I, I think it was at Fulham too. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have the the team is impressive to me, and I think you know somebody like Rudiger. The, I remember when we first signed him, nobody was really like so, too excited because he had that video when the kid won his name on the jersey. And, you know, I don't think people appreciate because it was like 30 million, I think, 35, yep. 35 million, something like that. It wasn't like a, a marquee signing, but, you know, he's left the imprint. And I know when we played Roma, he had that little blunder, you know, a little brain fart where, you know, he kind of messed up and, you know, they scored off of that. And people were kind of on him for a little bit. But then, you know, he was kind of steady from there. But then I remember last year when he basically pocketed uh, Salah, who was uh-huh. at the time the world's hottest player, mm-hmm. you know, and it was kind of like, whoa, I think we got a defender on our hands here, you know, and then he's this expressive and, you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think Rudiger will be as, as loved as we loved uh, Azpilicueta over the, over the years. Cause I feel like even though they play, you know, two different positions, but they're both in defense. I feel like Rudiger is a very, um, you know, quiet guy on the pitch. If that, if that, if I can say that. I don't know. But he, he had gets a little bit job. of a scuffle yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean he he. The th- what I mean by that he is gets like, fired up. Yeah, like he he'll get fired up. I remember when we first signed him. A lot of people were saying, you know, he always plays for the badge, and I see that. You know, like will you know he'll be down in you know the other team's box for like a header and then sprint back to get in position. I mean, as a as an athlete, I mean, you love that. You want to play with guys. Yep. That 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 make that extra effort, and I just think, you know, with him being a rock right there, and and even last year, you could see that he would always kind of look for like the long passes, you know, like, you know, lob it up to you know Morata or you know over to Hazard or Willian, you know. So I'm excited to see him progress with us. I think him and Christensen or Luis, whoever plays back there with them, is going to form a good partnership. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see you know, how we come out, out of the international break and uh, take on Cardiff. Yeah. I I mean, I don't want to look ahead to Cardiff, but I, I feel bad what's going to happen. Well, I mean, I, it's not to say I feel bad what's going to happen. We already know what's going to happen. They're going to do the same thing that everybody's done. They're going to pack the box as best they can and hope for the best and hope for right. the best. I mean, right. they're not going to open up. They can't open up. I think – we're we're gonna get we're really only gonna play two different styles. We're either gonna, this is dumb to say now. I'm thinking about it. We're either gonna play teams that are open or teams that are closed. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what other what what are they gonna else are they gonna play? Dumbass. God damn. Some right. dude right now is listening to this. He's like, you idiot. You idiot. <laughs> you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So. That's the defense. Uh, midfield. Talk to me about the play. My favorite part of this team. My favorite part of this team is the midfield. Kante, Jorginho, Kovacic. I am so surprised. You would think that Ko- like I look at Kovacic like as if he was been here for years. Right. I, I, like I don't even think about him as a lonely player. Like the my. Like, it's in my mind. I don't know, again, where it came from. But it's in my mind that, no, he's our player. That he's been here for years. He's always going to be here. Like, he's grown up. Like, I feel like I've known him forever. And and he's 
really only played, he started two games and he came in as a substitution. But I feel like he's been a part of his team forever. So talk to me about the midfield. Well, like, what are you seeing? Because I, I, I love after, on Twitter, like, after the match, and and I always look at your tw- your Twitter like your timeline. You always have good insight. Um, so what w- what are you seeing on on in the midfield? Like, what are your some of your opinions? I mean, honestly, the the thing about our midfield, I see, you know, six guys that want to play and that are competing, and that you know they know that hey, if I play a good game today, I'm gonna get some minutes, and I think. You see energy. You see people moving around. You see people helping out the defense. You see people helping out the forwards and trying to trying to impress, trying to, you know, uh, make an impact. And I think for having guys that are hungry, I think that's only going to breed success because you have guys that want to compete, want to be the best um, to help out Chelsea Football Club. I think it's, you know, outside of Conte and Jorginho, I mean, really, we're only talking about one spot. But, you know, to to watch Jorginho play, like everybody's been saying, I mean, it's unbelievable. The guy plays some good passes, and he's, you know, has the energy enough to be like Sari's little brain on the field. I mean, he's pointing to tell somebody when to go here or when to go here. And seeing things like, you know, minutes ahead, seconds ahead, just to set things up. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see when you have guys that are, you know, learning the system, and then you having somebody who knows the system and coaching you on the fly. I mean, that's beautiful. You got Conte out there who just, you know, works works his tail off. You know, I'm interested to see how he performs because, you know, like everybody's noticed, you know, this is a different role for him. But I think he can excel because he, because he looks like a guy that just wants to be great. He's very humble. And I can see him chipping in a few more goals this season just yeah. off in the right place, being, you know, right place, right time. And also, I mean, if we wanted to keep him back, I mean, you got guys like Kovacic, who, I mean, he looks like an animal out there. I mean, he's oh putting in God. tackles. And, I mean, that's impressive. You know, like a guy that just came in and, like you said, I think, I, I, I doubt that he would go back to um, Madrid. I think, there, I mean, there has to be something in his contract that, you know, we can trigger to keep him, you know, long term. I think even he said, you know, it's important for him to feel wanted. And, you know, I know... You know, Sarri really, uh, you know, likes him. So him being there, I think, brings like a, an energy. And I know people are saying, you know, you know, where are we going to get the goals from? I, I think in time that will come because, you know, we're still learning the system. And to be, you know, four four games in and get all the points from those four games, that's unbelievable. You know, I was really impressed when Barkley came in. You know, he, he gives a different dynamic. And I think... Even him, you know, coming off injury plague seasons and, you know, not being in the World Cup squad. And, you know, I think him being in, in training camp early for sorry system, I think that give, gave him a mindset of, I see a spot available, I'm going to go grab it. And, you know, you want a guy like that, that that's not afraid to... You want a whole locker room something. like that. Yeah, and I, th- I think even just watching him, I mean you see everybody kind of realizing that they have the shackles off. I mean, to go from Mourinho to go to Conte, guys that, you know, managers, I appreciate what they did for the club, but, you know, it, it only you can only play defensive for so long as a player. You know, you want to be expressive. You know, everybody likes to get the nice goal, you know, the nice build-up play. I mean, that's what, as fans, you know, and supporters, we, we want to see. You know, we want to turn on our TV and not look like, 
you know, a defensive team, you know, playing a low block and, you know, just trying to play on the counter, you know, because you're only being, you know, exciting for a few minutes once you get that counter. You know, but I think, and even lost to Cheek, like I said, man, I mean, he really impressed me those few minutes he came on. I mean, he made an impact. Yeah, and he did. He th- did. I think that's that's what's important for me, looking at the midfield. You have guys that are that are flashing to me, that are making an impact, that are making plays. And, I mean, sorry said it. You know, he's been Im- improving. Uh, Loftus-Cheek has been improving in training. And I think, you know, as a player, I think he heard that. You know, I have no idea if he knew he was going to get any minutes. But to have the manager speak highly of you like that and show that you're proving and then, you know, back you with some minutes in a match, I think that's going to do wonders and for early him. too. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to do wonders for him moving forward whether it's in a cup match or in a league game. I mean, I'm really excited and pleased with our midfield right now. I like the I like what Asari has done. I like where we're heading at with that. Yeah, no, I, I that midfield we know Jorginho and not Jorginho. We know what N'Golo Conte brings to the table and we saw it yesterday. Right. There was there was a breakaway where I think Conte gave the ball away at the top of the box on their end. And he mm-hmm. busted his ass to run all the way back to pretty much in front of goal to make a tackle, to block a cross or a shot. And we, we're used to seeing that. That's, that's just like we're fortunate enough to have him on our squad. And it's just par for the course, man. It's just another, another play. But, man, Jorginho has been like like this guy's play has been so impressive even going back to our first game just seeing him on the field directing I feel like he's a quarterback out there and not so much a quarterback like because of his because of the way he passes the ball but his direction you know quarterback is supposed to be the general on the field the offensive mastermind on the field the extension of the offensive coordinator and yes, it, that is understood. But oh, here we go. What is this? It's Fast and the Furious in front of the studio. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, you know, I only live my life. What is it? I only live my life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> fucking movie. Anyway, so like, you know, it's understood that you're that the quarterback is the 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 general on the field. But rarely, not rarely, but. It's beautiful to see when it's true, when you have a guy that really is the court, the general, the mastermind, the 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 one, the the shot caller, the playmaker on the field, that he is directing the play on the field. Like I love, my favorite is when he doesn't have the ball, and he's like over there, over there, pointing, pointing, pointing. His movement, he I've never seen him. I've yet to seen him in a full sprint ever. He's always kind yeah. of like yeah. walking, jogging, like. One of the two. I bet I can imagine like he's never tired, like because he's never in a full sprint. He's always just like walking and you know jogging, like over here, over here. Every time he takes gets a touch, somebody's on top of him. He gives him a little stiff arm, turns like like he his play is effortless. Right. And he is such like such a, 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 a like man like. So I'm so thankful that we got this guy on our team. Yeah. Like I am so thankful because to think he could have been on City is right. I don't. I, and they didn't need no more. They don't need any more talent. Yeah, no. Like even though I'm gonna tell you this right now, like 
I am sick and tired. Now, I'm going to take, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take five minutes, a break from the Bortmouth versus Chelsea match review, and we're about to go into the mind of someone that's about to go on a rant. <laughs> How much of a rant, I don't know what I'm going to be able to muster. But I am sick and tired of this, like, ex- like we're just accepting that City's going to win the title. I- I'm sick and tired of this just, oh, Liverpool and City, they're the only ones that are challenging for the title. Meanwhile... Liverpool barely got into the top four. If it wasn't for us, if it wasn't for Antonio Conte fucking up our lineups and playing these dumbass tactics, we wouldn't talk about Tottenham in the top. Tottenham wouldn't be in the Champions League. Right, 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 right. So I'm sick and tired of this. Just like, oh, it's we we've already lost. Like we can't even win. We can't win. Any, we can't win the title. It's City's, like as if City's name was already engraved in the trophy in the summer. Let me tell you something. Like, I am not afraid of Manchester City. I cannot wait for December 7th. I can't wait to play them. I feel like we're going to... I I just can't wait. I'm not going to make any predictions. I can't wait. Liverpool. We're going to... What did We drew against them last year. Right. 1-1. What was the other one? 0-0? No, we beat him at the bridge. I we think beat him was, at the bridge, 1-0, no? Yeah, I think it was a Morata or a Giroud header in the corner that got us that, that got that got us that goal. Let me look it up. Chelsea. But I remember I remember uh I remember Mane had a had a I guess you'd call it a breakaway on goal, but Conte got back and stopped him. Rudiger pocketed yeah, uh, a lot. Yeah, I mean and I think it was a late goal too. But I I think it was a Morata or Giroud header. Um in the corner, that was a Giroud header. So yeah, I'm 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 sick and tired of this by the media, by everybody, everybody that's in football, just like oh that's it, it's only these two teams. Bullshit. We saw what Liverpool. We saw Liverpool yesterday. We saw Liverpool yesterday. We have Allison making mistakes. Just because Allison has one good year at Roma doesn't make him now the world's greatest fucking keeper. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. Right. Right. They can't. They get this dude, uh, 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 the midfield, the midfielder. Uh, um, I want to say, say Keppa. Like, my mind kept saying Keppa, Keppa. It's Keita. Okay? Yeah. They sign him, and that's it. <gasps> oh, my God. That's it. Their midfield is amazing. Their midfield is amazing. Yeah, I mean, guys were saying he was, like, the next Conte, and I was Fuck like, Fuck out of here. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, I, I, I'm, I'm tired. Like, sure. I'm 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 tired of it. Like I feel like I feel like literally Birdman. Like we need people need to start putting respect on our name. We are absolute title challengers, and 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 also my frustration comes from our supporters as well. Like yo, like until the game is played, we are no worse. We're just as good as any team on planet Earth. Until that game is played, we can have. Um, our arguments, we can question the team, we can question our players during the offseason. That's the time for that. But when the game is being played, there's no time for that shit. And right now, we're in, the, we're in it. We're in the shit right now. We're four games, four victories, okay? We're on top of the league. Us, 
I got the table right here. Us, Liverpool, Watford are tied for 12 points apiece. Manchester City, 10 points. Tottenham Hotspur, the, uh, the next team, the team that's supposed to beat us, the team that, that fucking are, are a shoe-in for top four, they didn't sign anybody. They're, they're at nine points, three points behind us. So I don't want to hear... They lost to Watford, too. They, and they lost to Watford today. So I, I'm tired of this... Oh, that's it. Like, we have to bow down to Manchester City. Fuck them. Like, yo, like, we ain't got shit to be afraid of. We're just as good as any team on planet Earth. And until we're proven otherwise, it will remain to be that fact. We're just as good as anybody else. Like, we don't have anything anything to be not ashamed of or anything to be, like, cowering in front of. No, fuck that. We're the winningest team in England. Right, and I think, I mean, going back, piggybacking off in that, uh, we were talking about Liverpool, I think when they were talking, when they signed uh, Naby Keita, Naby Keita. I don't even think, yeah, I don't even think he, I think he was a substitute uh, Liverpool's last match. And then um, I think it was Inzaghi that they signed as well, or somebody, another midfielder. I think he played with like the U, U-20s or something like that. So, I mean, I, I mean, I just think, I get it. Liverpool's a good team. They put in the goals, you know. The, uh, they made it to the Champions League final, you know, and so I get it. But and I think half the media's job is just to hype up, you know, the next team. And if I, you know me being a Chelsea supporter, I'd rather us go unnoticed and then just pop up and you know, before you know it, you're looking at, you know, December we're top of the table, and then you're looking in, you know, March. You know, you're getting late in you know early spring, and all of a sudden, you know, Chelsea's up there fighting for the title, you know, with another team or something like that. I think, I think. For for us, being in the position that we're in, I think we're the best in the best position than any top of any top six team in the league. Because with uh, De Bruyne hurt for for Man City, I think that's going to hurt them with creativity. I know they have a lot of guys that can create, but I think he was the general. And I think when you lose your general, I think the guys kind of you know are unsure kind of what to do because they've been on a high for the last you know few years. You know, and I think they'll improve, but I think him being out is everybody's time to like pounce on them. Um, I think I think Liverpool will be okay, but you know, I, I think we're like you said, I think we're just as good. And I just think with the thing, I think City will find this year, just like you know, we use it in you know playing NFL and stuff like that. That when you're the champions, you get everybody's best shot. You're everybody's, you know. I know they don't really have like a, I guess like a final like that and. In the, in the league, but, you know, you're everybody's Super Bowl. You know, you're everybody's NBA yeah. championship. So, you know, even the bottom teams, the teams, in, you know, in relegation, the newly promoted teams, you're going to get their best shot because they're going to be up for it more than you because they're thinking, hey, I can make my name, you know, playing against Man City, lighting them up for three goals. Or, you know, if you're a keeper, you know, making like big time saves and shutting them out. You know, that'll that'll increase your, your, um, your market value. And I think City have to step up to that challenge knowing that they're the champions you know game in game out you know champions league you know um league cup you know in the league you're going to be playing a bunch of games where you're getting guys that hey look man we're not as highly touted as you but you're going to get my best shot like you're going to know that you played against you know me today and i think you know for for city they have to be up for that and i mean they look decent i think so far this season but i think you know, that's going to weigh on them heavily. I mean, have to go through the grind of the league, 
have the Champions League, which I'm assuming they expect to go far and their supporters expect them to go far, you know, you're going to have to, you know, really have a deep enough team and a team that is not complacent with, hey, we won last year or anything. Because, you know, from now until, you know, March, April, May, I mean, you're going to be getting teams best shot week in, week out. So those games where you have to, you know, fly to an away match for the Champions League and then come back, turn around the weekend and then play against like a, a Wolves who were playing good this year or a Fulham who, you know, is, is playing decent or, you know, you, let's say you play a Chelsea or, you know, you're going to get their best shot because for us, you know, at least in the group stage, we have a pretty weak, you know, group stage in, in the Europa League. Yeah. So you know, you're going to have to like, Hello? Hello? Cup. I just felt a different vibe from the guy. I mean, this just the look in his eyes. I tw- who who is that? Cuz I lost you. Blood. Yo, in the I world. You oh, you did? Like, yeah, I lost you for like 2 minutes. Who was the player? Hazard. Oh, my god. I just I just feel like since another he, one. Since he was at the at the the World Cup and became captain, he just looked like he was out for blood. I mean, the like he looked like, look, I want to win gold and I will win it at all costs. I mean, even when they lost to France, that little guy was out there battling. And I think what goes unnoticed, and I've seen this and I tweeted this a bunch of times, for how small he is and the the bigger guys he goes up against, the guy's strong. He's he's solid. Yep. I mean, he's not getting pushed off. Even though you know guys take him down, I mean he 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 flashes some strength, which is you know pretty impressive a guy his size. So was he like five foot eight, five foot seven? Yeah, something. I mean, yeah, but and he you know he can't weigh that much, you know. Half so foot hazard what fifty five, sixty, somewhere around there. He can't be more than that. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I mean, I know he gets knocked down, and I think you know the league has to really look into that because. It's pretty blatant that to stop him, guys are just trying to chop him down. I mean, if you want to, if you're a league, New your Castle. star in the league is getting taken down like that. I mean, you got to look out for him. I mean, you know, it's it's getting kind of ridiculous, you know, to watch him as he's been with us. Teams just trying to, you know, take him down, to slow him down. Like I get the strategy, but you know, referees, you know, the league, they need really need to look into that because you know this guy is unbelievable, and you the last thing you want is a star player getting hurt. Hurt. Yeah. yeah. So no, like I, 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 he's another one. He's another one that I'm tired of this. Uh, oh my God, Sergio Aguero is David Silva our best player? Is Sergio Aguero the greatest foreigner to ever play? Oh, oh, Kevin De Bruyne, like this constant, constant like circle jerk. Like, oh my God, like everybody. Meanwhile, you have Eden Hazard there. that has been lighting it up, lighting it up. Been the Premier League's best player for minimum minimum the last three years you couldn't even make an argument for four years okay that there was no doubt about it the best player in the league the best player in the league and his name never gets mentioned Luka Modric now is the greatest player in the world the greatest nobody's better than Luka Modric his World Cup performance was absolutely amazing bullshit Luka Modric's Best performance didn't even equal Hazard's worst performance, okay? Hazard was the best player in the World Cup by far. 
I'm just tired. It's it's tired of this like disrespect. I'm frustrated about it. And yes, I agree that it's best to sneak up. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. As long as your name's on the trophy, that's all that matters. But I just wish that we had, like, I just wish that we weren't shitted on. By everywhere. Everywhere I go, we're shitted on. A few weeks back, it was, we're not even going to be in the top four. They had teams like United. Fuck out of here with United. Did you see <laughs> that shit when it was on TV today? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they Come they on. they didn't play. I mean, watching them, I know they won, you know, and everything like that. But they didn't play really inspiring. I mean, Burnley were coming off playing, I think, Olympiacos for Europa League spot, and you know, I mean, those same guys that played, I think, maybe I think it was like Thursday night, turned around and played again. I mean, you're, United's a top team. You know, it's it's going to be difficult for anybody to make that short of a rest period to play a team like that. You know, with guys coming off pretty much a full week of rest, you know, and they had a point to prove. They got, United got embarrassed, you know, last time out. So, you know, they had a point to prove. And I and think then they put up that. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think, I think for Burnley, I mean, they were just, you know, right, you know, there for the taking. And I think that was half of what made United, you know, what they were. I mean, they didn't seem like too impressive. You know, I still see weaknesses within their team. I mean, they can't figure out their back, you know, their back four, you know, they can't figure out their central defenders. I mean, I think, you know, they'll find themselves. They have dangerous players, but you know, I'm not. I'm not scared by United. I'm not scared by Tottenham. Nope. You know, the only teams that I would say that you know, I guess you know, we should, I guess, be weary of where their positioning is would only be Liverpool and City, just by the the managers that they have and the players that they have. But I think I think we are really underestimating. Um, uh, our team, you know, the people on the outside, I think they're really un- underestimating us and how we, you know, we really look for for four games in to get all the points from those four games, not fully adapted to the system and only improving. And you got hungry players in the midfield with a point to prove. I mean, because you look at Kovacic, you look at Loftus-Cheek. I mean, all those guys in midfield, besides maybe Conte and Jorginho, have a point to prove. I mean, you know... And, and kind of going back to Hazard, I think I think the thing is with him, and I think he gets shitted on so much, is that he strikes me as an unselfish guy. And yeah. I think he's not worried about how many goals he gets because he wants to win trophies. And I think what really lit a fire under him was, I think the World Cup was his moment to make a statement indirectly to people to be like, my time is here, I have arrived. Now, some people can say he was trying to play to get to to Real Madrid, but I looked at it as he took that opportunity to say, look, come hell or high water, I'm going to show that I'm the best player in the world. And the only reason he didn't win it is because I believe they lost to France. That's it. But even in a losing effort, he basically tried to drag Belgium to the championship. I mean, mean, you know, De Bruyne was a no-show. Lukaku was a no-show. I mean, guys that are at big clubs on big, you know, salaries – I mean, Hazard tried to do it all by himself. I mean, he was taking on, you know, and embarrassing the French defense. You know what I mean? And and was doing it consistently and convin- convincingly. Yep. So, I mean, I think he took that chance to say, hey, look, I'm the best player. I don't, I'm not worried about any distractions, what's going on around me. I mean, you even look at some of his, some of his attempts. I mean, he was taking shots where I've seen him at Chelsea, you know, drop off and pass it. I mean, I remember Nini... 
in a, one of his videos was saying that um, in one of his reviews that uh, Hazard was he it was I think it was two game two matches ago he did a play where he he was in the in a shooting area and he just dropped it off to I believe Giroud I believe and Giroud missed it I think it was it was this two games ago if I'm not mistaken two games ago it was like towards the end of the match he, he was New on a break. Yeah, it was against Newcastle, I believe. Yeah. And he was on a break and he kind of just laid it off for Giroud to kind of to, yeah, to you know to take And they, the two of them were in front of goal. Right. And I yep. and I think you know that situation right there shows me he could care less about a goal. You know what I mean? Because he easily could have put that away. But in the World Cup, he was taking those shots and it, yeah. it was just no, little noticeable things that was like this guy's trying to take advantage of this stage to show people, look, I'm the world's best player. I mean, and I saw, I was in Paris watching it, and I was the only person rooting for him. And there were people that had no idea who he was that were just there to support their country of France that were saying, like, I don't know who this number 10 is, but this guy's dangerous. And I was like, yeah, you need to know who he is. So, I mean, how, I think... How can people not know who Eden Hazard is? Right, I mean, and I, because I, people were getting on me about, oh, why aren't you supporting France? Like, you're in France, like... You know, you've been here for a long time. And I was like, look, I'm a Chelsea supporter first. Chelsea has more supporters or players on Belgium than than uh, France do. I mean, I hope Angolo uh, uh, and Giroud win because they're Chelsea players. But Hazard's Hazard. You know, we got even even Lukaku, who was a Chelsea person. Even, you know, you look at De Bruyne, who was a Chelsea guy. I mean, you know, so I was, I was riding with them. But just to watch Hazard, even before the match... His mindset, just how he looked. It looked Michael like Jordan. An animal. He's like an animal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and, and it was, you could just tell he was out to make a point that this is my stage. People will know who I am no matter what happens. Because even in a losing effort, I still thought he was man of the match against France. And I yeah. I would think that, you know, he should have been the, the best player of the tournament. You know, he, his name needs to be spoken up a lot more. And I think having sorry. At Chelsea, I think will only attract players that want to play with Hazard. I think he's a likable guy. He's unselfish, which you know I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate. You know, I remember there was a video clip when when Michi first came. He was encouraging Michi to speak English. Um, even when that little video with him, Willian, and uh, uh, Oscar and uh, Costa, when you know in a little hallway. And he's interviewing Diego, and he's telling Willie, no, come out here and have an interview with me. I think yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, like yeah. person around the club. I think people want to be around him. He's unselfish. You know, and, yes, and, and I think, I think, yeah, I think moving forward, he, he's going to surprise us this year. You know what I mean? Even, I think he'll even surprise himself. I expect, I expect him to, uh, you know, really, really make a stamp, uh, an even bigger stamp in world football this, this season. Yeah, I I agree, I agree. I mean, we got we got off there on uh, on the World Cup in in Chelsea and all that, but I I just felt like it needed to be said. Oh so, yeah, for sure. So I guess yeah, the forward. So we had Hazard, Morata, and William. Now, I said something in a group chat that I feel like yeah, I when I said it, it was controversial. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know. However. Tactically wise, I think it's we might be better off, and that is against teams that like to play in the low block, that like to um, clog up the middle uh, or to clog up everything in front of goal. 
I think in though against those teams, we might be better off bringing Hazard off the bench, not because of his pl- style of his play is bad, but so much it's more so to the fact of like what we saw against. What was it? Arsenal? Did he? St- he didn't start against Arsenal. Did he start against Arsenal? Um, I don't think he started against Arsenal. I don't believe. I know he didn't in the FA Cup two years ago. Him and Costa came off the bench and had a spark. Um, uh, did he, I don't know. But he didn't I don't believe Arsenal. It was, you know what? He didn't. He did not because I remember him coming off and making an impact, and he was the one that set up that goal. Yeah. Uh, him and Kovacic goal. came on. In yeah. like the 60th minute. Right. I think I would like to see that more often. Um, I would like to see that the other team has to deal and think about Pedro and William. That has to be demoralizing. That It's 0-0. You're doing the best you can. There's still, I mean, shit, in this game, we put in 24 shots on goal, 6 on target. Um, and you're just getting over and over the wave of Pedro and William and the attack, Morata and the attack, over and over and over, and you're doing the best you can, and then here comes Eden Hazard, because I, every time he touches the ball, two or three guys minimum are around him. So I think opening up the game with William and Pedro forces the opposition to have to they can't play like that. They're not gonna. They don't respect William and Pedro like they respect Hazard. Even I, I would imagine if you sat down William and Pedro, they would tell you the same. Like, we don't deserve to be respected like Hazard deserves to be respected. So, I would like to see that. Um, but in this game, it didn't matter because we won two zero. You have Pedro coming on instantly. <sighs> when we signed Pedro. I'm like, all right, well, you know, he's coming from Barcelona. He was a good, very good player in Barcelona. I think he was a player that went under the radar at Barcelona uh, with the, the, all their names that they had. Like, nobody really spoke about Pedro like that. But when we got him, I was like, all right, cool. Like, we got somebody from Barcelona. Um, and then his first game, he already he, he scored. But for whatever reason, he didn't click in Conte's system. And now we're starting to see the real Pedro. So, like... Pedro comes on, and he puts in a goal in the second minute, and the dude has been on fire this season. The dude has been on fire. Yes, he has. Ever since the preseason. Yeah. He right. started He he started off, I feel like Pedro, <laughs> I feel like Pedro got in Sarri's system, and his right foot has just been like, just... Just like kicking, like he, like I see Pedro at home, like he's in his bed sleeping, and his foot, both of his feet are just like kicking in the air, like he's just, like he can't stop scoring, like his foot is just like swinging, swinging, swinging cons- consistently, like the dude can't stop, he's on fire, right? And and William on the right, you know, I really wish we would have sold William. I I I, I really I, I wish we did. I think that was more of a. a couldn't get a deal done. That's why we didn't sell him. I think, I mean, just my thoughts. I think we we could have and we wanted to, and that was a possibility, but the chips just didn't fall, you know? And I think, you know, people say we left it too late. You know, it, it, you know it, who knows exactly what happened, but I think William was more on his way out than I think we realized. It's just that we couldn't get a return. And I know, you know, I, I would love to see 
Hudson Adoy gets some minutes, but I just don't think the club felt, which I think is wrong for them, that they can entrust him with that much um, pressure to be in our system. I think he would have flourished. I just think the club would have wanted to sign another player to replace Willian. And I don't think in the time, I guess you could say because of the World Cup, yeah. I guess if you use that excuse, but I mean, they knew it was coming. They, they, you know, they should have been prepared, but I don't think it was as, um, I think that was kind of the holdup, not getting somebody in. But I do agree that, um, you know, we, I, I, Willian, I get, and I love the guy. I just think that I would have, I would have moved on from him and maybe got somebody else. Yeah. I feel like we, we what we saw this weekend, and what I was telling people during the World Cup, they're like, "Oh, this guy William," because it seemed like last year when we played against Barcelona, he in in the first leg, and he had uh, that game that he had against Barcelona. It opened people's eyes up to who William is. Like he got on people's radars. But I was telling everybody that would listen, that's not a Chelsea sport. I'm like, listen, what you saw is his four to five games that he has every season since he's got here, where he's he's unstoppable. And then, for the most part, he is what we see this weekend, what we saw this weekend. Right. He tries, he hustles, he moves, he passes, he does everything possible, but it's just, that's it. That's all you get. Like, I, I don't see that we're getting anything more, you know? Even with him playing on the left, I still don't feel like we get anything more. Pedro, on the other hand, we felt like we saw everything that there is to see from Pedro. He flashed. He showed us moments as like William, but now he's in the system and the dude's on fire. So I I just feel like it was a situation where we could have we should have moved on, but it is what it is, my friend. It is what it is. Well, to to. Kind of pick the pick up where you left off with that uh, Hazard statement with him coming off the bench. I would ca- I see what you're saying, but I would counter it with I would I think which would work better if we keep Hazard up top on the left, and then we have William on the right. But instead, I would say put Giroud through the middle, which I think will help Hazard out because I think Giroud demands more attention because of his aerial ability because of his strength and because I think even even when I saw France play in their their group stages in the World Cup and I think their formation was wrong I think Giroud works wonders with Mbappe and uh Griezmann next to him and I think at Chelsea if Sarri kind of changes his system I guess to adapt to a a Ford who's not as mobile I think Giroud would open up Hazard would open up uh, Willian on the right. And my super subs would be Pedro because I think the last thing a defense wants to see at the 60th minute after running around chasing Hazard all game is to, for Pedro. Pedro to come in, Pedro to come in on the right. I mean, he just has energy and just, you know, I think he has a lot of effort, but I think some of it's just wild, but he runs at people. You know, and I think he yeah. likes this system. I think him coming on as a super sub would, would tire those defenders out a little bit, which would then extend Hazard, you know, playing to the full 90. And then if then my second super sub would be Morata coming in for Giroud because you would think that by the 60th minute, 65th minute, when Morata, I would hope, would come in for Giroud, 
the defend the central defenders on the team on the other team should be tired, should yeah. be beaten. And I think it would match uh, Murata's his physical strength because I don't think he's as physical as he needs to be. But if if a if a two central defenders are going at going at it all match with Giroud for like you know 60, 65 minutes, and then you have a softer Murata coming in, I think that's priming the defenders up for Murata to take advantage of that. That's why I would keep Hazard on the left, play Giroud for the rest of the season up top through the middle, because just because of his strength and I think Hazard can can play off him. I mean, you look at Pedro's goal, that was pretty much, you know, Giroud occupying defenders. Yep. yep. Ball up, you know, setting setting Pedro up and Pedro just playing off of him. I think Hazard can do that. I think Willian can do that. And I think that would be our first you know, go ahead forwards with that punch. And then when the when the other team's defense starts to slow down, because you figure most teams are going to be defending most of the times we play against them. So they're going to get tired. And then you have to battle with a big guy like Giroud who's going to use his strength, use his awareness, you know, use his muscle. You know, you have to defend him in the air. You know, it's going to take some effort from both defenders. And then they have to cover up, you know, Hazard. They got to cover Willian. But I do think Willian needs to be more direct. Um... And then from there, you bring on Morata, who, you know, is can be skillful, but I think he'll thrive in that role until he builds some confidence. Once he sees some goals coming in, just until he gets himself together. And then you throw on Pedro, who's just running at people, and it's like, oh my god, now I got to chase this, you know, this mm-hmm. this Tasmanian devil, like for the rest of the match, you know. Have you noticed think- the way he runs? His arms. Oh and- yeah, I mean. His arms make not- like they, they're wild. Like his the way yeah. his arms swing, like. It looks like one, like, the way he swings his arms makes him look like he's running way faster. And, like, his arms are wild. Like, the way this guy runs, like, I feel like like Pedro's the guy that runs. You've been, you've definitely been in this situation where somebody's running and they're silent. And then you have another dude that runs as fast as they can and they make noise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pedro's yeah. that guy. I could definitely see Pedro running down the field going, ah! <laughs> oh yeah, like you know, imagine you're chasing, you're chasing uh, Hazard, you're chasing Willian for 60, 65 minutes, and all of a sudden this crazy nut comes off the bench, and then you know he's getting goals, and then he's running at you. You're like, whoa, where is this guy coming from? And that's what I think Pedro and uh, Morata can do wonders with that system. It's not a diss to them. I just think that, especially for Morata, I think he would be better in a system where he doesn't have to have the pressure. And he doesn't have to fight for a full, you know, 70, 65 minutes. He can come on for the last 20 minutes and be effective. I think that's him. That's where he's at right now until he gets his confidence. And I also think for our midfield, like if I, I think our strongest subs, I think you can rotate between Kovacic and and Loftus-Cheek. I think they both will bring off energy and you know, excitement and power because both of them are going in for tackles. Both of them are surging forward. I think both of them, you can you can switch them depending on tactically what you want to do. But I think once you take off Loftus-Cheek and put on Kovacic or you take off Kovacic and put in Loftus-Cheek, I mm-hmm. think you'll get a spark and you'll get energy. And that's important, especially when a team is tired because you're going to be defending against us majority of the match anyway. And then, you know, you bring in a Murata who you know, can be equal strength by then. You know, he won't be worn down and then be effective so he can get some late goals. And I think that's where he was 
most important where he was at Madrid and where he was at Juventus. I know he didn't like that role, but I think he has to kind of realize for the money that we paid for you and for the, the, the time that you've been with us, starting, starting matches and maybe playing the whole minute, the, the whole 90 minutes, is not where you're at strong suit right now. And, I, you know, he came off at the 60th minute, you know, in our last match. And I think that's kind of, for me, like the clue that, hey, look, man, you might want to come off the bench and come on at the 60th minute. And then you got either, I would say, Pedro or William coming on for that other wing spot rotating. You know, I think that's our dangerous guys coming off the bench to help the club out for for what I've seen so far this season moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I... It's it, it, with Morata. Well, one, one, one. Before we even get into who needs to be substitution, how much of a breath of fresh air is Sarri's substitutions versus Conte, and even oh, Mourinho? It's how, amazing. How, how many times did you? I know I did it, but I want to know how many times did you grab your your TV? And just scream to the top of your lungs when you saw an 85th minute Mishi Bashuai substitution or an 89th minute Mishi Bashuai substitution or seeing Hazard come off at the 80th minute or, you know, like I would scream to the top of my lungs just to right around 50th, 60th minute for a sub or Fabregas, seeing Fabregas right. run the full 90 when the poor guy can't run anymore. So, right. sorry, and I, and substitutions. I, I mean, that that has been a breath of fresh air. Right, and I think, I, and going back to um, just the players in general as a whole, I think that a lot of times our players get slighted, is because when you play defense for a whole match or for a whole season, you're not going to be as flashy as your players like Aguero guys that get goals and play a more open style of football and seem more energetic. You know, that's draining to play defense and then have to run, you know, the full length of the pitch to try to get some goals. So I think a lot of our players are going to be reborn, if you could say, in Sarri's system. And I think that's where Hazard got his knock as well. I don't think people are giving him his props because you figure the majority of his career, he's been playing with defensive-minded uh, managers. Now he's playing with the manager who lets him be expressive, letting him drive forward, letting him be free. You're going to see Hazard's name popping up and, you know, getting more recognized, I think, moving forward. But going back to the substitutes, you know, I, I think there's matches when we had Conte in charge where you're just looking at it and you're just saying, this match is dead. This match is we dead. Need we need a spark. We need, exactly. we need a spark. Exactly. And, when he wait, and when he waits so long, I mean, even as a player, you're looking at, you know, when I, when we had Chalaba, he was coming on and, um, you know, you look at guys like whoever was coming off the bench – and they're looking up at the clock, and you're like, yo, I got five minutes to prove myself. I mean, you're going to play tight. And you know that, I mean, it's going to be damn near impossible to make a, a real impact because you got to catch up to the speed of the game. Yep. And if you have, like, five, six minutes to impress, I mean, you got to at least take a minute or two to catch up to the speed of the game. And then, you know, if you're playing defensive, you're not really playing with the ball that much. You know, so it, it, it can be frustrating. But I think... The the what I like to see is that when he when Sari makes his substitution so early, you and I think that's what the key thing is with when you see a Pedro come in and give energy, a Loftus Cheek for the last match come in and give energy. Guys know they got twenty to thirty minutes to be like, hey, this is my time. 
you know, I can catch up to the speed of the game quicker. I can leave an imprint and I can, you know, force my manager to take a second look at me to be like, hey, maybe I need to give him more minutes. So I think that those early substitutions all go hand in hand. And I think I mean, and Hazard kind of said in an interview after the match, you know, he's it's just different now, you know, playing with a, a manager like Sari and, you know, how it was, you know, different playing with Mourinho and Conte. I think he knows it and I think the players know it. You know, I think there's a, a new freshness of energy within the within the the locker room. And I was reading something that Sari's kind of changing their their time that they train and you know the foods they can eat. I mean, you know, if you if you have a manager you know, like Conte, and I love the guy, appreciate everything he did, but I think as a player, when you're having somebody tell you what you can and can't eat or, you know, what you can and cannot do on your free time, I mean, you know, bring it to football kind of for a second. Then when Chip Kelly was the, the coach of the Eagles, you know, he was telling our star players that, hey, you got to get nine hours of sleep. And he had trackers on him about, you know, hey, I saw that you were out, you know, late this night. You need to get more sleep or you need to eat like this. You know, players... You know, these are grown men now. They're not going to respond too well to people telling them what they can and cannot do. You know, and I think that was some of the what started with Conte. You know, you're telling grown men, you know, kind of what to do when they have their own families. You know, they're they're making a lot of money. You know, people aren't going to respond to that too much. But I think with Sari coming in and kind of, you know, being relaxed and lenient, I think that affects the players what they can be relaxed and have fun and enjoy themselves. And now the pressure's more on the players. You know, Sarri's doing all he can to help them out off the pitch and, you know, teaching them his system and everything like that. So moving forward, I just think, you know, the players just have to pay Sarri back, play the fans back, play the board back with, you know, the the relaxed, uh, you know, strengths that Sarri has given them. And, and they responded well with energy, with excitement, you know, you're hearing more oohs and ahs mm-hmm. at, at mm-hmm. the bridge. At the bridge, more. I can't I wait think. to go. I can't yeah. wait to go. Have you ever been? No, I'm uh, planning my first trip this March coming. Um, yeah, you told Nini about it in your podcast. I yep, heard. yep. I'm planning to go this March, um, and it's looking good. Uh, I, all I'm need to do is buy the ticket. Uh, I found a bunch of hotels. I found a bunch of flights. So all I got to do is buy the ticket. Yeah, it's okay. The truth is, I'm still convincing my wife to let me <laughs> go alone. Right. She, th- I'm like, yo, I need to go over there. I'm gonna, you know, be. I gotta catch up with Nini. I gotta catch up with the boys at 100% Chelsea. You know, right. I got, I, I, I can't. But she's not buying it. I need to do a better job on selling it. I'm almost there. The thing is that I, I'm a grown ass man. I'm the man of the house. I can buy the damn ticket if I want, but you guys don't understand. It's much easier to live with a woman when she's on your side, when you don't walk through that house and she has that face and you know for the next couple of days you're going to have to hear it. So I'm just like trying to avoid hearing it. I'm convincing her slowly but surely, yo, I'm going to go. It's a work trip. Jared, it's a work trip. I'm not going for fun. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, you're going. You're going to support your club. You're gonna go see your mates over in London. You know, you're. Yeah. You're going for. You're going for the love of the club, and I. I get what you're saying. It's hard to explain because you know my girlfriend as well. She's French, and I'll go over to London 
you know, I've been, I've been to the bridge twice, um, but actually the past two years and it's been amazing. And, you know, every time it's difficult because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to sneak over there real quick. And I know she wants to go, but I know she's not a big Chelsea supporter. So I kind of play that card. You know what I'm saying? And I just make it up to her before I go. And after I, you know, when I come back, but yeah, you know, you got to keep the wife, you got to keep the girlfriend, you got to keep them happy, man. It makes yeah, it a whole lot easier. It's a lot easier. So that's that's where we're at right now. But I, I'm, I'm, I think I think I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Within the next few weeks, we'll be good to go. Jared, my man, anything else you want to uh, tell to the people? Um, you know, I'm just looking forward to interacting with people. Um, you know, with with uh, on Twitter. Um, if you guys want to get at me, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm always on there. I always. Do you uh, sleep? Uh, do, I, I, do you ever sleep? Or do you have like a robot or a twin brother or sister or a team of people on your Twitter? Because I scroll through my timeline and guaranteed I'm going to see a, multiple tweets from you. So I just need to know, are you sleeping? How's your sleeping yeah, patterns, my man? I mean, I, I, I mean, I would say I get enough sleep. I just, I feel like... If I sleep too long, I'm not I'm not doing anything. And I feel like also, because now I'm you know, I'm in Philadelphia right now, I'm back home, that when I'm sleeping, it's the it's when the, the English media is yep. waking up. So I feel like I'm missing some of the Chelsea news. So I wake up at like, you know, six, seven in the morning just to catch up with what's going on. And then I'm just going, you know, the rest of the day. So I just try to put and I use I use because I don't have many people in the area that support Chelsea, but I will give a shout out to the Philly blues who I just met through the, the Chelsea, uh, the fifth stand app. They meet in Philadelphia and watch matches. Oh, so shout out to them. Shout out to them. Um, I was actually, I was down there when they played Arsenal or we played Arsenal, which was pretty dope. Uh, yeah. So shout out to them. I, um, I haven't seen that feature in the app. I, I, you know what? Cause I have the fifth stand app here and I think, it's so much better than what we used to have the app for the longest time. We didn't have an app, right? It's so much better now. It's so much better. Connect. Well, I'm on the app too. Like I, I've, I've had it here. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how I figured it out, but I know there's a, there's a New York, New York blues. There's a team, there's a blues in uh, DC. Um, but yeah, I linked up with the Philadelphia blues Watched the match down there with them in the city. I'm, I'm only like maybe 20 minutes from the city, so that was cool to link up with, with them and watch a match. I'll probably do more of that during the big matches, especially Europa League matches, uh, until I come back to, to France. Um, but yeah, man, I, I mean, I get my sleep in, I get my workouts, and I do what I got to do, but I just feel like I got to get my Chelsea thoughts out. I got to put out in the universe. Yeah. So if you, you know, if anybody wants to follow me, shout, you know, talk to me. I'm not. I'm not into the back and forth like arguing. I'm just, you know, up for debating. If you can follow me at Jared Andre three, you know, I'm always on. Um, I'm always responding. But if it's something negative, like I kind of got on Nene about, you know, that's that's the big homie. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't win when you go back and forth with these people, man. You just gotta ignore them. So, you know, I disrespect everybody's opinion. I'm not gonna call somebody outside their name or disrespect anybody, but. You know, I'm always down for a Chelsea chat just to be insightful and stuff like that. Yeah, and I feel the same. Like, uh, I had, and I, I didn't respond to it. I, I asked around how I should respond to it. So when I did the podcast with Mo, um, and, you know, he did me a favor by coming on. And I posted it, 
and some dude um, had something slick to say. He said it on my, uh, like he responded to something, and he had something slick to say. And I go to his timeline, and I just see, or his profile, and I just see that he's just spewing bullshit to anybody. And I was like, you know what? Should I light this dude up, or should I just let it go? And it's like, what am I going to accomplish? Like, I'm going to get into an internet beef with somebody that, with who? With what? Like, it's right. not like as if this person's standing in front of me, you know? I guarantee you he wouldn't say shit like, the, you know, he wouldn't be so quick to talk shit. Most of these, most any, anybody who's quick to talk shit online, in person, they're not going to be. So I was right. like, you know what? Right. I, I'm not, I, I'm not with it for today. So like, I, I'm the same way as you. Oh, whatever. All right, whatever person on the internet, like, I'm not going to get into an argument with you. Like, you know nothing about me. So. Right. I, I you know I I take the same stance as you do. Um, anything else, my brother? This has been an amazing conversation, and I'm so happy. I'm so glad that we got to link up on the podcast. Uh, it's been a while yeah. in the making. I reached out to you a few weeks ago, and um, I wanted to get you on because I do enjoy your insights on Twitter. So I definitely wanted to get you on. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. This has been fun. I mean, I've always looked for people I can go back and forth with. We you know talking Chelsea. You know, Chelsea's a big part of my life, um, you know, especially with playing sports and then watching them and following them. You know, it's always interesting. I'm always learning. You know, Alex Goldberg, he's putting out good content. Yep. Uh, the guys oh. at um, 100% Chelsea are putting out good content. Um, uh, the guys at uh, London is Blue podcast always putting out good content. You know, they go the back. Pioneers. Yeah, you know, Nene, Joe Tweedy, you know, all those guys putting out good content. You know, so I just... You know, enjoy talking to people that, you know, love the club like I do, especially Americans. It always makes it that much more better. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I The same, man. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you. So, well, everybody, that's uh, that's the end of the interview with the homie Jared. Man, I appreciate it. Talk to you guys. All right, everybody. That was the uh, sit down with the homie Jared, Andre. Uh, the first official professional European footballer on the All-American Chelsea podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Again, we're back to the reg regularly... My mouth cannot work today. Unbelievable. We're back to the regularly scheduled... Pro uh, blah, 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 blah. We're back to the regularly scheduled podcast. Um, I'm going to be coming back with at you with a sit-down with the homie Louie from 100% Chelsea this weekend. I'm also doing a match review with KB from Carefree Blues Podcast. So we're back to uh, to uh, regularly scheduled programming, all right? Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Remember that I love you. I love each and every single one of you. All of you that are listening to the podcast, every single one of you, I love you all. So if you're not following me on Twitter, make sure you reach out. Follow me on Twitter, All American CFC. Instagram, All American Chelsea or All American CFC. One of the two. One of the two. You'll find me. Play around with that combination. Either All American CFC or All American Chelsea, and you'll find me. Um, big things are happening on the podcast soon. A lot of big things. A lot of big things. So just stick around. I'm back. So I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Shit together, clean up my sins, freeway, got it in.
black rain, faster than a red ghost, getting ghosts from Pac-Man. One time, no, I got a knack to get that change. Leader of the black gang, ROC, man. Bang like T-Mac, ski mask, air it out. Gotta kill witnesses, cause free bears sticking out. Y'all don't want to witness shit. We squeeze hammers, man. Bullets freeze by you, like Louisiana, man. But I gotta be Tiana, man. So I move keys, you can call me the piano, man. Rain, sleet, hell, snow, man. Slang, dope, hydro, man. No, BC in the third lane. Ram still praying, working on my nerves, man. Like, son, you gotta get your soul clean. Before they blow them horns like cold train. But still, I cry tears of a hustler, wipe tears from my mother, pull out beds for our brothers. That's above us, make beds for the babies, tuck kids under covers, buy cribs for their mothers. Shit, I probably be wildin' with they father Tell Miss Robin, tell the Najma that I'm riding for a father That's like my brother, like same mother, different father Any problems, dog, know I got it And still we grind from the bottom just to make it to the bottom So crackin' the alley waste Still gave back Marcy and Dollar Day Real gangsters make hood holidays 